Welcome to Fist of the South Side. My name is Chris, and this is my podcast about martial arts and self-defense. I'm starting this off with um, thinking about what is self-defense and what is the goal of self-defense. I've had a lot of friends ask me about these things, and so I thought I'd start this podcast series and frame it in this large question because... One of the problems we have is the techniques and ideas we have about self-defense are mostly fed to us by sports or by action movies, and both of these give you the wrong idea of what you need for self-defense, even if they use a lot of the same tools. Uh, To be a little more clear on that and specific is that the goal of self-defense or winning is when you are escaping safely. If you never get into a fight, or never get into an altercation and you are safe, you are winning at self-defense. If you only get a bruise or, you know, get really minor scrapes and nothing very serious, you are winning at self-defense. The idea of self-defense has to be sort of thought the same way of a house fire. You know, if if there's a fire in your house, things are already bad. If there's only a small bit of damage, then that's good. Basically, the less damage, the better. But there's no sort of, like, man, I'm glad that fire happened. You, you never say that. Um, you just don't want it to ever happen to begin with. And if it does, you want the least amount of crap, least amount of drama to happen from it. So, this is self-defense. In a sport, such as MMA, or, you know, if you're in a competition, your goal is to dominate your opponent. And... To dominate your opponent, you have to go in and you have to keep trying to win. Whereas in self-defense, if you stun the person and run away, you win. Very different mentality. In action movies, it's when the good guy beats up the bad guy, right? In action movies, very often the heroes run towards danger. And that is the opposite of what you want to do in self-defense. You don't want to go into danger, you want to get away from danger. You may have to go into danger very temporarily, like, because there's no other escape option, or there's no other way to deal with it, or you need to stop this person from being able to chase you, but you do not run towards drama, you do not talk shit to get, you know, you don't try to get more stuff going, you try to get less stuff going. So, this is the first thing you have to think about. Um... And it's really important because you can go ahead and look up videos of street fights. Um, It's pretty depressing to see, and they're not really great or fun, but you will see some in which a person clearly has more training than the other, and they'll knock someone down, they get on top, they start punching them, and they're winning the fight, right? Except then, the person who's getting beat up, maybe they pull out a weapon, or maybe one of their friends runs up and kicks the guy in the head, or maybe they stab them, or they shoot them, and the person who was winning is now unconscious in the hospital or dead. That's not winning. And the thing was, you know, they could have possibly just knocked the person down and then ran away, and then they would have won in, if, if the point was self-defense. Uh, But when your point is to dominate the person, you keep yourself in danger, and that could have very bad consequences for you. So, first framing is what makes you safer. It's, It's something I point out because the fact is, if you go to any other school or you go to any, um, 
you go to any sort of program that you may learn online in terms of self-defense, they may or may not put this focus in there. And you may be learning really good techniques and tactics otherwise, but if you don't keep this in mind, you won't, you, you won't know to adapt it, to adapt whatever you're learning towards a more functional uh, civilian self-defense idea. So that's the first topic I want to cover. The second thing I want to cover is that uh, people very much ask, well, you know, what should I train in? How much training should I have? Because, again, we are in a, in a world where the self-defense programs and schools and martial arts, everyone's going to tell you that they have the best stuff. And everyone is going to tell you, you should spend the rest of your life training this thing and paying them money. And, you know, they have financial incentive to, to do this. Uh, but that does not necessarily help you or make you more safe. So I'll start with how much training, because I know a lot of my friends and people I know out there may be dealing with health issues or just having to make rent, having to take care of your kids, uh, having physical disabilities. There's a whole bunch of things that make it not likely for people to have to, to be able to train for like four to eight hours a day. Like that's not a realistic civilian lifestyle. So how much training? Well, I'd say let's start with the idea that you take a class once or twice a week. If you take a class once or twice a week, you know, for one or two hours, and you know, you do a little practice here and there on your own, you know, not saying you have to do hardcore. If you do those things, a good instructor should be able to get you proficient within anywhere between three to six months a year at tops. Proficient here does not mean you're a master. Proficient just means you can do these basic things and you have some good tools to use if there is trouble. Uh, that is it. And I point this out because traditionally martial arts, you know, for people who are civilians and not in the military, uh, even then they were fighting stuff like bandits or pirates or they had village warfare or whatever kind of situation. They had to get proficient pretty quickly. Again, proficient doesn't mean master. It means you can do good. And if your goal is to get away safely, you know, your goal is not necessarily to dominate the person and you're not expecting to go up against master champions. Your skill level only needs to be okay. It doesn't need to be amazing. Obviously, with your safety and your life, you wish your, your skill level was amazing. We all do. But balancing it to the rest of our life, we can't necessarily put that time commitment in. It's the same way if you took a first aid class or CPR. It would be amazing if everyone had the skills of an EMT and could like deal with any kind of injury, trauma, or health condition. But we don't. Uh, it's not practical. So something is better than nothing. And proficiency is actually pretty good. And if you have a limited time space, like maybe you're still in school and you're like, well, summertime is the only time I can train. If you go to an instructor or a school and you tell them what your time limitations are, they should go, here's what I can teach you in that time and craft it to try and give you the most of what you're looking for in that time period. If they can't or they won't, then maybe they're not such a great school. Because the fact is, uh, you know, they may want to teach you the whole system, but not everyone wants to learn the whole system. Not everyone has time to learn the whole system. Uh, one of my instructors when I was younger, he had a very simple point. He said, I'm showing you all these things, but 
a lot of times it just comes down to having a good punch. So at the end of every session, he would have everyone get up in a circle with a whole bunch of hit pads and one person be in the mill and just have to keep slugging. You know, he's like, just keep punching and keep going. You know, if you ever have to deal with the crowd, if you got one good punch you can keep doing, it will get you out. And, you know, that was his experience. I don't necessarily think that's all the way you should do things, but he understood that if he's going to give you at least one thing, he's going to give you one good punch and a way to get out of a crowd with it. And that is something. So instructors should be thinking about what they need to impart to you that's most important and for your needs and what will fit within your timeline. So that's an important thing to think about. And, you know, obviously me, I've been in and out of this for like 20 years. I love martial arts. I'm a big geek about it. But I also understand a lot of people just want enough to get by. And getting by is not a bad thing. Because it's not upon the victims and the people who are attacked and threatened. It is upon our society to fix violence in general. So we don't have to do this. Just sort of like, you know, we have hospitals. You don't have to get your own, you don't have to do your own surgery, right? <laughs> like, you don't have to have a friend who knows surgery to fix you up. You have professionals for this. Society organizes things when they have, you know, around, around certain things we have some common sense, and around other things we have none at all. And unfortunately, self-defense and violence is something we really don't as a society. Um, that aside... So the last thing is that, what should I train in? Which is the question everyone asks me, because again, every school tells you they're the best and blah, blah, blah. What you should train in, I can point you towards a few styles that I think cover the main things that I think are important. But first, I'm going to tell you what those important things are, because I've seen people from almost any style train in these things. And uh, if you can find a school that trains in a thing and you're interested in that style, perfect, go for it. There's three things. They should teach you about weapons. They should teach you about weapons within a couple months at most. You're not going to be a master, you're not going to be an expert, but you do need to know how to use a weapon, and you do need to know what to use some of your options if a weapon's being used against you. This is not like... um. Like, there's traditional schools where they teach you weapons after a couple years. And those are typically, like, archaic traditional weapons. Which, I mean, are cool. You learn a lot from them. But you need to learn how to deal with sticks, knives, and guns. And uh, you want to learn those within a few months. Um, the other one is you want to learn how to deal with multiple opponents. And finally, you want to learn how to deal with fighting under bad conditions. If you're sitting down and you're attacked from behind, if you are in a small area like a closet, like if you are fighting on stairs, if, you know, all kinds of situations, uh, you want to play with these because these are the situations that incorporate self-defense that you don't get from sports. In sports, you want to eliminate those disparities. You know, you don't want one person to have a weapon or a person not to have a weapon. You don't want one person to have to fight three people. Because it's unequal, and you don't really get to see the equal skill of opponents this way. But, in reality, you know, the people attacking you don't want equal, you know, an equal challenge. They want to just dominate you. So they want to make every, every odd in their favor. Your goal is to get away safely. You want to make every odd in your favor. So, these are the situations you have to deal with. And 
in training them, they're very stressful because you never get to do as well as you want. Um, you typically, you know, you, it, the question of this kind of training is how do I fail? And then how do I fail less next time? And doing that over and over and over until suddenly you realize you're still, you're still training in a way that you're like, crap, I'm failing, but you've turned the difficulty so far up that the things you used to fail at, you breeze through and you didn't even realize it. Your goal is to make the difficulty in your training much higher than what happens to you in real life so that if you have to defend yourself in real life, you can get out easier. Um, and so not everyone does that. There are some traditional schools that I've seen people doing stuff that you think, oh, all they're doing is forms, and then they'll get down and, and start really doing that kind of training. You realize, oh, they really know how to use this. I've seen some, you know, self-defense tactical schools, and, and they don't really give you these things in a good way. So it can go all over the board. But look for those three things, and if you get those three things within a couple months, this is good training for self-defense. Um, obviously there's schools that may take a couple years to get you there and they, you may end up with a good same end program, but the time it takes to get there may be a little too long. Um, so what kind of styles teach those three things on the average? Um, that would be the first one that I point everyone to a lot is the Filipino, uh, martial arts, Eskrima and Kali. They deal with weapons right off the bat. And so they usually have a practicality about weapons. They have um, multiple opponents you get sometimes, but that initial practicality is important, and also the fact that they will often deal with weapon disparity. What happens if they have a stick? You don't. What happens if they have a knife? You don't. What happens if one person has a stick and a knife? What happens if a person has a machete? You play with all these things, and that's that's useful. Um, so, And they are... Decently widespread. They're not everywhere, but they're spread out enough you can find them in most places in the U.S. Um, the next one I would point people towards, which is hard to find, but they're very good. Uh, most of the Sistema folks I've seen have very good movement and very practical stuff. And Sistema, from what I've seen, does seem pretty close to a lot of the practical stuff I've learned in Penjok Lot. So uh, Sistema, a little hard to find, but it's around. The biggest drawback to them is that um, it seems like a lot of the Sistema schools may fall fall into the trap that uh, a lot of self-defense stuff has, which is like catering to angry white dudes. Um, you know, they seem a little less about that, but you may find some cases of that. So you got to be careful about like school toxicity in that, which is true of pretty much everyone in self-defense, but be mindful. Um, same with Krav Maga. Krav Maga is the one that is most widespread in the U.S. in terms of just raw self-defense stuff. And the reason I named them last is because, while I've seen some good stuff, I've also seen some pretty bad stuff. Um, part of the problem with popularity is that means that you have a more diluted, you know, you have more different trainers and teachers out there, and some of them are not great. Um... And they may even, quote-unquote, be covering all these topics, I said, but teaching you in a terrible way. Um, I've seen some people advocate, like, you know, someone's got a gun, you punch them. And I'm like, shouldn't you? I mean, you don't got to fully disarm the gun, but maybe you should get the gun out the way first because the gun can shoot you. You know, things like that. So they're okay. You know, some of the people are great. Some of the people are not great. And unfortunately, you're going to 
have to kind of gamble and self-sort to a degree on that. Um, so those are the those are the three that I normally point people towards. There's a billion and one like self-defense courses and classes, and I have not, you know, I'd have to see each one to kind of make a judgment, but I couldn't tell you specifically whether this course or that course is going to be great. Um, there are things that are not like self-defense martial arts that will still give you some good stuff. You know, people always recommend boxing, jujitsu, and kickboxing, and these will definitely teach you ways to Techniques that are very good at hurting people and maybe uh, causing submission, they do not necessarily teach you weapons or multiple opponents or fighting or bad conditions. But if you have no other options, those are there. Uh, those typically favor people who have good fitness. So if you don't have good fitness, you're going to have a hard time getting a lot from that. The first three I mentioned tend to be more self-defense oriented. And well, everything favors fitness in general, um... Self-defense oriented stuff gives you a little more room than, say, sports stuff. So, just some things to think about. If you had questions, you can email me at yellowsun at earthlink.net. That's Y-E-L-O-S-O-N at earthlink.net. And uh, I'll try and see what I can cover. And uh, definitely whatever you can do, folks. Stay safe and be well.